Bibi Fahodie, welcome to the African Liberation Media Podcast. Media solely focused on the liberation and empowerment of African people. I'm your host, Gullah Jack, aka Russell Swilly. Let's get to it. Bibi Fahodie, this is African Liberation Media. The day's date is March 29th. We are here with brothers Amos and Macaru. I am Gullah Jack, a.k.a. Russell Adrian Swilly. Interestingly, I was listening to a commentator earlier today on the radio in tone that this particular trial, the trial of Chauvin, the murderer of George Floyd, will determine whether or not justice can be achieved in the United States. You know, my... The answer to that is emphatically no. One trial with the slim possibility that this racist murderer will be exonerated uh, will have no bearing in terms of the balance of justice being achieved in the United States. You know, given the 400-year history and the recent history of Sandra Bland, Tawana Brawley, uh, excuse me, um, Various other Africans who've lost their lives. You know, Tawana Brawler, that goes back to Al Sharpton. Um, in a case in New York, I apologize. Uh, to phrase the words of Dr. King uh, as best I can, he said, we're being killed as if it's the national pastime. You know, it's uh, if you can come up with another adjective, to describe this carte blanche situation, you know, feel free to do that. I cannot think anything that is more heinous relative to the treatment Africans have received during our sojourn in the United States in comparison to the ongoing and the proliferations of murders, Emmett Till, Emmett Till's father, Lewis Till, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In my opinion, it's absolutely necessary that we engage ourselves in some form of agency, some type of plan. There needs to be a multi-pronged approach taking place right now. You and the audience can use your imagination. What type of strategy should we engage in in the midst of this trial? It's healthy for us vis-a-vis waiting around, anxiously waiting on a verdict. If it requires economic uh, sanctions imposed on key European systems, let's do that. But in my view, something needs to take place in the immediate. This is African Liberation Media. Gentlemen, take it where you want to take it. Abibi Fahodier, African family. yeah, I'm I'm looking at this trial in the context of the uh, Rodney King trial. And there's no doubt that as the national black community became aware of what had happened to Rodney King and as the, the trial took place in uh, in 1992 the Corporate media repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly showed Rodney King's beating as the uh, trial was taking place. Um, the uh, the judge had allowed a change of venue, uh, you know, from you know Los Angeles, where the beating took place, to uh, a locale known as Simi Valley, predominantly white, predominantly law enforcement. Uh, community and so it was almost a foregone conclusion that um you know they weren't they were not going to get a conviction uh you know out of that trial in in any more than uh you know they would get a conviction uh you know in the trial uh you know of uh, of Emmett Till so uh they stoked the flames and then and then the community the community exploded it, it it seems here that the same flames are being stoked. And so the, the, the question becomes why? 
And I think I think the reason is because the power structure, particularly the neoliberal elements of the power structure, and maybe even the uh, conservative elements, uh, want the attention of the raw elements of the white supremacy dynamic focused on African people. Now, we are reminded that the majority of the people who protested the uh, public lynching of George Floyd were people of European descent. You know, these people were out of work, bored, had nothing to do because of the COVID shutdown. They went into the streets and blew off some steam, you know, and now they're back doing, most of them are back doing whatever they were doing before. Uh, but they were protesting largely uh, under the banner of Black Lives Matter and to a, uh, a certain extent under the banner of Antifa. So we we see that that if in fact the the uh, attorney representing uh, Chauvin is able to create reasonable doubt you know, in, 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 in the minds of uh, a few jurors, then you, you could wind up with a hung jury. And, uh, you know, given the uh, decision that was made this week by the judge who is going to allow a previous uh, a video, a video from a previous George Floyd arrest uh, to be shown uh, it was another situation where Mr. Mr. Floyd was apparently uh, had a lot of drugs on him and ingested several several pills, and uh, they, they they're trying to create uh, a situation number one to put George Floyd on trial, and number two, a character assassinate him to the extent to say that he caused his own death as a result of his drug abuse. Now, I don't think there's any doubt that, the, that uh, you know, the, the brother did have a problem with drugs. What he needed was treatment, though, not a not a public execution. And uh, it, it just seems it seems to me that that the, the corporate media is stoking the flames and that maneuvers are being made so that there's, it's possible. It's possible that. Uh, Chauvin is not convicted. And then if he's not convicted, you will get a massive explosion. And then this will want this will uh, allow Pelosi and, and, and that crew, you know, to get from, uh, you know, out of the uh, the uh, crosshairs of the, uh, the the pro Trump crowd, you know, who stormed Capitol Hill on January 6th. See, that wasn't supposed to happen like that. Uh the way the media had played the quote unquote election of uh, new Jim Crow, Joe Biden, the attention of the raw elements of the white supremacy dynamic and others was supposed to be on the black people who were accused of, uh, you know, giving, uh, you know, Biden the victory by the uh, turnout in, uh, black precincts in Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta. And the crowd didn't, you know, the pro-Trump crowd didn't attack the black community. They went straight for the seat of power and, you know, even wanted the uh, supposedly, you know, wanted the, uh, uh, the neck of uh, the vice president, Mike Pence. So they want, they want, they want to get this focus reshifted back onto black people and if they can get a massive uh outburst in uh you know as a result of of this trial if in fact the officer uh is uh well not necessarily exonerated but if there's just a hung jury uh you know that that's that's possibly what's going on here i i, I just see a connection here to uh to the rodney king trial and 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 the role of the corporate media uh in 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 stoking the flames uh you know which uh you know helped actually to pave the way for uh the 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 conservative tone 
of the uh, Clinton administration uh, and how, you know, how that played into the rise of mass racial incarceration. You know, the Biden crime bill, uh, three strikes and you out, all of these kinds of things. So we have to we have to we have to be intelligent enough to think critically, you know, not to respond emotionally every time these Neanderthals go off, think critically and, and, and not and not fall into their traps. So, you know, that you know, that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Go ahead, brothers. Yeah, it's a typical ploy that they use and as you stated, it only takes one juror to be indecisive about whether he's guilty or not to render a not guilty verdict. And it's a shame that, you know, they would allow a video of someone's past that had no connection to that day to be entered in as evidence. If you're judging what happened that day, at that scene, then the only evidence that should be allowed is the evidence from that day because nothing else, this is not a case dealing with George Floyd's drug use or drug addiction. If that was the case, then there would be reason to show previous evidence of him using drugs. Mm -hmm. But this is a case dealing with the murder of George Floyd by Sharpen, Officer Sharpen. Right. So the only evidence that should be allowed is evidence that is related to his interaction with George Floyd the day of the murder. And this is just a way for them to discredit, further discredit George Floyd, because then you give people an out. You make them feel as though they are morally justified by rendering a not guilty verdict in the case, almost as, as if his murder was justifiable. Mm -hmm on the scene that day that he was executed by the officer. Right. And we have to use those words murdered and executed because that is exactly what took place. If his knee was not on the back of his neck, then that officer would not have caused his death. Now, one of the things that they're going to try to point to is the laws around the positioning of the knee on the neck by Officer Chauvin on George Floyd, according to some laws in Minnesota. Apparently, this was a move that was allowed um, that since then has been outlawed. But I believe they're going to try to heavily lean on that aspect of the case to convince the shaky jurors that that he was just doing what he was instructed to do and that he didn't legally break any laws. Right. That's one way that they'll try to do it. But the backup plan for them is to denigrate George Floyd in the eyes of the jury so that way they can make an easier decision of not guilty. Yeah. I mean, and see, and the connection to the to the uh, the May 2019 arrest is that uh, apparently George Floyd ingested uh, some drugs, uh, you know, as he, uh, you know, had, had, had been stopped. And, uh, you know, the officers, um, uh, I think they had gun. They had as police were arresting him with guns drawn. Floyd got upset and called for his mother. Paramedics told Floyd he needed to be hospitalized because he had dangerously high blood pressure that could cause a stroke or heart attack, according to courtroom testimony. So apparently he ingested these drugs and then it, 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 it you know, increased his uh, blood pressure to the point where he possibly could have had a stroke. But the, the scenario that they're trying to create is that he did the same thing, uh, you know, in, uh, in 2020 and essentially caused his own death. Now, the coroner has, al has already ruled that, you know, the death was caused by, you know, the knee on the on the neck. But, uh, you know, this is this is the angle they're going to try to play. And, I, and like I said, all they need, all they need to do is create reasonable doubt in the minds 
of, uh, you know, one jury. I mean, I'm assuming that's the law in Minnesota. You know, these states have so many different laws. But, you know, that's, you know, that, uh, you know, that's what they're looking at. I think the composition of the jury is six whites, two people of color, four black. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what the consciousness is, but we do know that the legal system, as well as this country, is deeply racist. And uh, we are skeptical of a just outcome. Uh, they kill us. Of course, we respond, rebel, preachers are calling long period of silence typically a murderer executed, exonerated not punished for fact is rewarded millions of dollars via the taxpayer and it's not justice so we should see but I'm firmly convinced that in the meantime we should do something of a coercive nature to bring whatever pressure we can to upset the power structure. I mean, I don't know what uh, what we can do in particular, but it seems as if our minds could uh, construct a strategy in the interim, which will provide agency for black people vis-a-vis -vis just waiting out uh, to see what this system will do. I, I, I wanted to uh, bring up something uh, because I keep hearing it over and over again. You know, the question that's usually raised is why Black History Month? You know, and oftentimes when people raise this question at these various schools, you know, they're not really raising the question to get inquiry or to learn, else they would have researched it for themselves, but they're looking for a rationale to take something away from African people as if we have not had, you know, enough taken away particularly our lives. But uh, it does exist for Irish people. It exists. You know, just very briefly, Asians, 1977, uh, it was formulated in 1990. Asian month became an act. You have the same thing for Jewish people. Okay, in 1982, 2006, it was a federal law to recognize a Jewish month. The same thing with Latinos. 1988, Latino month was formalized. Native Americans, 1990. And there are laws on the law books. But uh, as Brother Carruthers used to say, it's necessary to be prepared to thwart these inquiries, these questions that are ill will in terms of nature uh, as a rationale to take something away or once again to denigrate African people as if we have not been denigrated enough you know, the past 400 years. Okay, just an interesting concept, interesting uh, piece of information I went into the other day. Another thing we want to talk about. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead, brother. No, oh, no okay. Nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing I want to bring up is uh, <clears throat> this is a continuation, brother. What we were talking about the other night. Uh, this racist organization, NRA, that's now headed by a criminal, Oliver North. Okay, he of the Iran Contra scandal. You know, not only you're racist, now you're headed by a criminal, a convicted criminal. You know, and here, here's the thought that the RA is really a terrorist organization. Okay, particularly we juxtapose that against the, um, the general foreign policy of the United States. If there was a sovereign country, any country, you fill in the blank, who sold dangerous weapons to dangerous individuals or to other states, which Washington, D.C. might classify as a rogue state, 
that particular country would be classified as a terrorist organization. Of course, anybody that doesn't agree with their foreign policy objectives is going to be demonized and labeled either communist or terrorist. Uh, but not only do we find another contradiction, but all of this hoopla regarding uh, reestablishing a democracy, you know, it, it, it occurred to me, I discovered the other day that 70% of the RA members, of course, believe something should be done with additional background checks. But this is such a bloodthirsty organization. The only thing they're concerned with is money. You can empirically prove that after every mass killing, the gun sales and the bullet sales go up. And this is money that's contributed to the NRA, you know, contrary to what most people think that dues pay for the solvency of the NRA, but it, but, but the solvency of the NRA is actually maintained through bullet and gun sales. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's critical that, uh, you know, we have to define things in a more accurate, uh, manner waiting for the European in particular to define things uh, for us. Uh, ju just another thought um, that we have here. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's interesting, particularly in the context of this uh, uh, case before the Supreme Court uh, Coniglia versus uh, Strom uh, that has caused uh, quite an uproar because several several uh, corporate media outlets posted the headlines that the Biden administration is urging the Supreme Court to let cops seize guns from homes with no warrant. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Snopes is dealing with uh, with how, you know, wh whether that's in fact accurate, and uh, you know, they they calling it calling it a mixture. But you know, it, I, I think it's something that uh, we'd probably want to deal with more in depth. Uh, you know, okay. since you brought up the uh, National Rifle Association, um, these people are not going to allow their guns to be taken under no conditions. <laughs> so. I mean that's just uh that's just that's just not going to happen. And uh, no it's not. And, Our NAR you know, is a powerful go ahead, brother. Powerful yeah. lobby group and uh you know once again uh not only is this a deeply racist society but uh you know uh twinned with that we find very contradictions you know, not necessary to give the litany uh multi black panther party seizure of guns, no support coming from the NRA. And that has been the case historically. Black soldiers, upon re-entering to the United States, one of the first acts is to have the guns seized. Hmm. So, you know, that's almost a prerequisite for any attempt at self-determination, the ability to defend oneself Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll get more into this, uh, you know, perhaps uh, if not next week, but, you know, the week after. Uh, one of the things that happened um, this week uh, was a, it was a headline in uh, Time, Time Magazine, which said, how black Asian solidarity is taking on white supremacy. I want to repeat that. How black Asian solidarity is taking on white supremacy. And this is a, a product of several uh, marches and demonstrations that have taken place after uh, the um, mass killings uh, in the Atlanta area where several Asians were killed. And we also seen uh, attacks on Asians 
uh, in this country, uh, you know, ever since uh, uh, President Trump blamed uh, uh, Asians, particularly Chinese people, for, uh, you know, the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. But I took a different uh, take on it. And uh, but first, let me just let me just read what uh, what time what time said about it. Uh, shortly after the attacks, this is after the killings in the Atlanta area, the official Black Lives Matter account issued a statement denouncing attacks against Asian Americans. This is their quote. When we call for the eradication of white supremacy, we are saying that Asian Americans and every other marginalized racial group deserves to be freed from the violence, intimidation, and fear. None of us are free until all of us are. Ahead of the uh, Stop Asian Hate Rally at Liberty Plaza in Atlanta on March the 20th, the NACP shared multiple polls in support of the Asian community. Reverend James Woodall, state president of the Georgia NACP, attended a rally and a day later had an Instagram live discussion with journalist Lisa Ling on how white supremacy has impacted black and Asian communities and how the two groups can move forward together. Now, this is typical of, of, of what happens to people who are always uh, have an outward focus they are, they are, they all they always looking everywhere except within uh you know for solidarity uh to solve our problems and but the thing that really that really bothered me was uh these black people can turn out and march for everybody except for young black people being gunned down in our communities by agents of self destruction we've never heard the uh the Black Lives Matter Network, which was, you know, formed by three people who now I think can be classified as uh, corporate pimps, uh, issue a statement denouncing, you know, uh, the attacks that are killing young young people of uh, of African descent. But uh, you know, they can go out and you know talk about Asians and other marginalized groups and marginalized. Households led by Asian Americans had a median household income of 88,204 over the five year period covered uh, by a, a survey from 2015 to 2019, the highest of any racial or ethnic group. The median income for white households was 68,785, is 51,811 for, for Latino led households, and 41,935 for black led households. And they're calling these people marginalized. Well, we know that uh, that that you know the the Asian community, just like the African community, is not a monolithic structure. We know that. We know that they have you know some people who uh, you know rank uh, you know in uh, probably the bottom fifth of percentile in terms of uh, of income, but their median income is eighty eight thousand two hundred over. Forty thousand, uh, about forty-eight thousand dollars higher than uh, than the median income of, uh, of of African of African people in the United States. Furthermore, if you when you look at the history, what is the basis for this solidarity? Where have Asians been when uh, African people, uh, you know, were being lynched in this country? Uh, were being uh, you know, subjected to, uh, you know, all types of uh, violence at the hands of the white supremacy dynamic. What is, what, I mean, it's, it's incredible to me, you know, how, uh, you know, these, these, these things turn out and, and Time Magazine is saying, you know, that they're taking on white supremacy. How, how, you know, black, the only way black people are going to be able to neutralize white supremacy is by our global empowerment and uh, and liberation, the ability to determine our own destiny, uh, not as a result of, you know, marching with some people who, you know, of course, these people will use black people the same way anybody else have. I mean, it's ridiculous as far as I'm concerned, but 
you know, that's what that that's what you get for, uh, you know, some of these so-called uh, leaders or uh, or at least celebrities who have a lot of prominence and, uh, you know, get get a lot of attention. I mean, it uh, kind of reminded me of, you know, what of, of, of what Malcolm said. I mean, and really, I think these people should be considered more celebrities than 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 leaders. Uh, but 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 their opinions uh, seem to occupy a lot of space in the minds of, of African people. Uh, and they and, and 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 they offer opinions that are void of contextualized historical analysis of a contextualized historical analysis of the African experience over the past 500 plus years that have shaped our current conditions. So, you know, here we go again with the Black Lives, the so-called Black Lives Matter Network, a, a slogan which is actually a farce because we know for a fact that they are not concerned about the black lives, all black lives. We know that for a fact. You know, we know that. We know we know that, you know, these these high profile killings get a lot of attention and then drive a lot of money into the coffers of, of these organizations and into uh, the pockets of a, of a lot of individuals. And it's once again, just another example of the sad state of affairs that we find ourselves in, you know, in the, uh, the 21st century. Yeah, no possibility, no theoretical possibility of uh, implementing any type of coercive strategy to bring about change for African people. Of course, you know, I, I can understand if if uh, it was a situation like back in maybe the mid, late 60s, you know, we're talking about Brother Carmichael or whoever, membership of the uh, Panther, uh, the executive uh, hierarchy of the Panther, you know, meeting with the National Liberation Front and urging them to uh, highlight the black condition during some of these meetings at Geneva, Switzerland. Okay, now what did they potentially bargain with? Of course, people knew that the National Liberation Front, or I should say Hanoi, held maybe 1,200 POWs. You know, what if the Panther could have aroused enough sentiment with the white community whose loved ones were marooned in Hanoi Hilton? Uh, and of course, out of that situation, the uh, Hanoi was attempting to receive reparations from Washington, D.C. because of the destruction of their country and foliage. Anyway, you had uh, <clears throat> multiple interests on the stage. Families here in the United States wanted their POWs returned. The National Liberation Front wanted reparations for the destruction of their country. You know, what strange liberators, as Dr. King uh, put it. And, of course, uh, Africans in the United States, the Panther Party in particular, could have potentially raised the groundswell to bring pressure to bear on the United States government to bring about change, but you know, here we are in 2021, nothing, you know, no plan whatsoever. You know, the question that brother Amos used to raise, you know, how does this benefit me or how does, and how does this benefit you? You know, and uh, brother Amos reminded us who's going to have any confidence in you. Uh, we talked about this brother working for all mankind when you have not solved your own issues. Uh, It makes no sense. You know, I, I made an assessment after the election took place that the media, the elite, and the hats were going to use black uh -oh. people as a battering ram for the blame for the election and the fight against white supremacists. Well, that assessment was partly correct, but I did not see this plan coming. They're using the words from Trump and other white nationalists 
who have talked about the Chinese virus and the Asians. And now they're promoting this Asian and, and black um, some type of coalition to fight against white supremacy when it doesn't exist. If you look at most of the stories that we pay attention to, these stories are promoted to us via the, the media, the television, the radio, and even social media is controlled and censored so much that even what trends on social media is really an agenda. So for you to be aware of the small amount of attacks on Asians in this country and for it to be presented to you as if it's a, a problem that is scaling at a level to where you have to address it in Congress is a farce. More black people, as you stated, more black people are killed every day by other black people than Asians are being killed by any white supremacists out there. But as but is this trending or is it being pushed in the media? No, because this is not the agenda for you to focus on this. You have to ask the question, who does this benefit if Asian people and black people fight against white supremacists? Well, it benefits the people who control the society, the elites. The pressure goes from being on people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer uh, and people like Mitch McConnell, people from showing up at their houses, vandalizing their properties, to now shifting to black people and Asian people fighting against white supremacists. So that's what we have to ask and assess this and, and know that somebody is running and taking cover while they're promoting a story for somebody else to fight that to fight their battle that was on their front steps on January the 6th. You know, and, and here's the other thing about it. Uh, what, what they have attempted to do, you know, when you hear someone like Joe Biden, one of the uh, primary architects of the new Jim Crow talking about, you know, we are, we're in a battle against white supremacy and he's a white supremacist himself, then you know you got mass confusion uh, on the horizon because when when they say how black and Asian solidarity is taking on white supremacy, exactly what, what are they talking about? Uh, are, are they talking about racial capitalism? Uh, you know, are they talking about the Wall Street oligarchs? Uh, are they talking about the military industrial complex? Are they talking about United States imperialism? You know, are they what 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 exactly is it that uh, that they are talking about when they say that, that they are taking on white supremacy? They you know, they, they they want they they want to have a very narrow definition of of, of white supremacy. That's that, Trump. Yeah, that that's basically, you know, the raw elements, the you know, what what we what we call the raw elements, you know, those that are that are visible, you know, for us, uh, Gullah Jack and I growing up, it was represented, you know, by the Ku Klux Klan. But, you know, now you have, you know, a, a number of other organizations, uh, you know, Proud Boys, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, various militias and these kinds of things, neo-Nazis. And so, you know, so but all of these people comprise the raw elements. None, none of those none of those people had the power, for example to uh, focus uh, subprime lending mortgages on uh, African people. And when the, when the bubble burst, uh, African people wound up losing over $200 billion of wealth, you know, as a result of, of foreclosed homes. Uh, the Proud Boys don't have that kind of power. The Proud Boys don't have the power, for example, when you look at uh, uh, cities like Detroit and Chicago, uh, Milwaukee, uh, just three cities, for example, where over 70 percent of the black males in 1970 were employed largely in uh, in the manufacturing uh, sector, uh, decent paying jobs, you know, in steel mills, automotive uh, factories, uh, rubber factories, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and now in those very communities, 
you know, where you had seven out of 10 black males employed, roughly uh, only uh, 4.3, 4.4 out of 10 are employed. Who moved the jobs? Where did the jobs go? Who did that? Did the neo-Nazis do that? The neo-Nazis don't have that kind of power. As a matter of fact, uh, these uh, white people now who are overdosing on opioids set back in their uh, in their ignorance and 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 watched the jobs disappear. You know that they were uh, employing black males, and then now they see that the very same thing has happened to them. And so, who has this power? Who has this power? It's, you know these these Neanderthals that will that would attack me uh on the streets never 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 focus their attention on the people who are actually causing their misery and see this is the game that's being run right now the game is being run right now is they want this focus that uh some just just a portion of it got shifted to uh as, as we saw, you know, we announced here on on the weekend that it happened when, uh, you know, people uh, uh, vandalized the homes of Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi, which showed that people are, are seeing, okay, wow, these they're one in the same, you know, they're one in the same. So that attention was was beginning to be focused if not on the oligarchs, at least on the political representatives of the oligarchs, the people, the, the people who uh, who uh, make public policy, for example, you know, that allows a company like General Electric to pay zero income taxes. They they make this public policy. They, they, they're the real source of their misery. But they, but but they are so Come blinded on. by white supremacy by the mass-based philosophy of white supremacy that they get duped into focusing on us. And then to a certain extent, we play into it. We play into it when we go out and march side by side with, with these people who, uh, who uh, be the Antifa, the Asians or whoever, who have no history that's even anywhere comparable to ours. Okay. So, I mean, it's, um, it's 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 a it's a giant game uh, that's being run on the psyche, you know of uh, you know that uh, you know Amos talked about psychic violence. I mean this you know this, this is this is this is what's happening, and 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 that it's almost guaranteed that we will fall into the trap. You already see it happening now. You know these people, the Black Lives Matter network, they're not focused on uh, actually attacking. Uh, the the the, the uh, institutionalized white supremacists. All they want is uh, uh, more reforms. Okay, if 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 we if 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 they 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 feel like, and I think this is why Goldman Sachs is pumping ten billion dollars into uh, black women over the next ten years because they want this focus on more reforms because they know if if we fall for reforms once again, and we we didn't fall for the reforms of reconstruction, you know, they, they were, they were given to us primarily by the radical uh, Republicans. But, but once, once we got in the habit of believing that reforms were a solution, then they could give us reforms and, 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 and laws. You, you'll never have more laws, more racial justice laws on the books than you had on, on the books in the 1870s. You will never have as many laws that uh, were directly related to racial justice, uh, you know, between, say, um, uh, the the Freedmen's Bureau Act in 1865 and the last of the Enforcement Acts in about 1874, somewhere in that neighborhood. You'll never have. More. What happened to those laws? What happened to the one by one by one? You know, mm -hmm. they get they get they get overturned. They, 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 they're not enforced. And so now they, 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 they want these people focused on the same thing. But, 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 but right now, because, because Pelosi and those are feeling heat, they say, we got to get the heat off of us. Let's do everything we can to get it put back on black people. And, and, and that's what's happening. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. That's exactly what's happening. It's a distraction to get them off the hook. And the easiest thing black people can do right now is practical things within our own communities to build ourselves up mm-hmm. so that we can become stronger against all of these factions of the white power structure. Absolutely. We need an assessment, of course, of the pieces on the chessboard so we'll know what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we know is we know we should know ourselves. If we know ourselves, then we can start to fix a lot of the problems that ail us do for self. We can mm-hmm. start to develop the skills that we need to pull ourselves out of the situation. And just simple practical things like turning away from white people, mm-hmm. stop marrying white women, stop taking white drugs, you know, stop doing detrimental things and listening to music that's detrimental to you. Stop participating in activities that we know white people can use to prosecute us in their illegal justice system. Mm-hmm. You know, supporting our women, women supporting our men, mm-hmm. raising children on the right path. I mean, these right. are basic things that we're cleaning up our communities. Mm-hmm. Instead of worrying about, you know, what the whites are doing and what they're going to come do to us, let's be proactive and let's create a strong black community so that we can stop them before they start. Exactly. 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 I mean, you know, we, we've discussed this, uh, you know, many times how uh, the history, particularly, you know, we, we know we are global people, but, but, you know, we are in the United States right now. So, you know, if we look at the history of African people in the United States, you know, within the context of the, um, teachings of uh, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson and Elder Neely Fuller, you know, we see that, you know, we have gone from uh, cycles of white supremacy to incremental reforms to another cycle of white supremacy to incremental reforms to another cycle of white supremacy. So the way that has played out, we've gone from chattel slavery to the reforms of reconstruction to American apartheid with its its lynchings and wholesale destruction of thriving black communities and sometimes an entire town uh, to uh, the reforms of civil rights. Now to, you know, what Professor Alexander calls the new Jim Crow. That's part of it, a mass racial incarceration, but there's so many other aspects of it. One of the most critical aspects of that is what Dr. Amos Wilson called the psychodynamics of black self-annihilation in service of white domination. You know, this self-destructive behavior that's taken out so many of our people. And, you know, and, and part of that is uh, indiscriminate lust uh, where, you know, uh, people are producing children but not building families. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have it in my own family, uh, you know, embarrassingly. Uh, but I have to be honest. I have to tell the truth. And so, you know. There, there, there are, there are, as you say, brother, almost a, a lot of things that we can do us do ourselves. Uh, if young, if young black males and young black females who are reproducing children would decide to build families, what can the white supremacy do? What can the white supremacy dynamic do to stop that? If, if they made a decision. That you know that that, that we that we are not just uh, you know uh, reproducing children who uh, who oftentimes too many times become nothing more than collateral damage for manless sex. If we if if those people who you know young black males and young black females decide to do that, then you know we would be making progress towards uh, you know building a power dynamic. Because as Dr. Amos Wilson says, the family is the fundamental power unit. We will be making progress towards building a power dynamic that can neutralize the the, uh, the capacity of the white supremacy dynamic to impose their diabolical will on us. We're not trying to change these people's minds. We are not not appealing to them. Oh, why don't you treat us nice? No, 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 no. What we need is the capacity. What we need, we need to develop the power 
that neutralizes their capacity to impose their will on us. They can think whatever they want to. That's okay. Right. And it starts, it, it starts with basic things like shopping and, and doing business with other black people. It starts with, ch with changing the culture, changing your cultural interest from a European centered base to an African centered base. Mm -hmm. That's the start of the process in itself right there. Exactly. Getting rid of European religions, mm -hmm. pulling our children out of European schools, building ourselves up. That's what we have to do. Yeah, Malcolm said, wake up, up, please if, stand if, up. If we, if we master the basic stuff, then we can get into nation building. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 and, and that turk that takes uh people who are willing to make a long-term commitment. And, and sacrifice and sacrifice. And it, it and it takes a lot of can you know you you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent to 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 you know if 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 you say for example that you're going to do something, then you need to do it. Okay. Right. No, there's no, no there are no excuses. There are no excuses. If if you commit, if you know, you know, we have a bad habit. We can we can start a million programs and not come and not complete the task. That's right. You know, I mean, that's that's one thing that I admire so much about our brother that we're gonna have as a guest next week, uh, brother Reggie Singleton. You know, I, I think about Reggie, and you know, I, and I'll you know say this again next week in the context of France Fanon, saying you know each generation must, out of relative obscurity, discover its mission and fulfill it or betray it. So brother Singleton discovered a mission. He he saw a need, manhood training, because there are too many homes without fathers. And he's been committed to that, you know, for, for over 25 years. So, you know, we don't have enough of that. But 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 these but these are very, 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 very simple things. Look, you know, I, I go walking. Now, now my community is being gentrified. We were down, <laughs> we were down about, I'd say 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. We were down to probably just one, one white family, just one white lady said, I don't mind living with black people. I'm not moving. I don't care how many white people move. And she was the only one to stay. All the other white people bailed out, right? Because the neighborhood, my family, my father, my uh, mother and father bought a home in was a formerly segregated community. Okay. And so all white people bailed out. Now it's being gentrified, but Okay. But 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 here's one of the things that that I do because you know there's still a majority black community, so you know I you know I do a lot of walking, and uh, 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 on a lot of days I say okay this is gonna be my trash pickup day, right? So I I, I, I you know I get my my gloves and you know and some bags and 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 pick up you know bottles and paper and stuff. Why, you know. Dr. Francis Cress Wilson gave us 17 admonitions. One of those admonitions, don't throw trash down where black people live. That's just, that's something that's real simple. Don't mm -hmm. throw trash. But if, but if people throw trash down, somebody has to pick the trash up. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm out walking. All right. I'm trying to soak it. You know, obviously during the winter, there ain't much vitamin D you can soak in, but you know, now it's getting warmer. Uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I got to get my vitamin D, but, um, you know, I mean, so the, the, there are very simple things, you know, that uh, that 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 we can do, and it, it, it's all about changing the mindset. And and you know, and and this was one of the things, uh, uh, almost in uh, Jack that that was really on track when 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 we started talking in the, in the sixties about a cultural revolution. And Malcolm was really at the forefront of this, and you know, Karenga and some others picked it up about the necessity for controlling our minds, right? And uh and 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 know and 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 learning our history, you know, learning uh, you know, from the models that that uh have been created, which we can uh, emulate, and also learn from those mistakes that people made that we can discard. Okay, so that there was a there was a real need for a cultural revolution and you know it got underway and then uh and largely as a result of the uh, machinations of uh institutionalized white supremacists like Jed Hoover, he managed to turn 
you know, uh, black people uh, in what, you know, in, in, in uh, fighting against one another, cultural nationalism versus revolutionary nationalism. Geronimo G. Jaga, the great revolutionary, said, look, we had a common denominator. We we're both nationalists. So why are we arguing? <laughs> you do that. We do this. And then we the whole community benefits. So, you know, that's that's one that's 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 one thing that uh, that we need. But but it's very it's a very simple. There's some very simple steps that we can take, uh, you know, to, to, to begin to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the interruption, fellas. Uh, I lost power. But in fact, I was going to mention that uh, as an addendum, stop robbing each other, stop cursing each other, stop name calling, you know, just a whole litany of don'ts that uh, we can implement. You, you you may not like the way you feel, you know, but you can control how you behave, you know, self-mastery. The other point I wanted to make, brother, was uh, you were talking about who are the white supremacists. Of course, you hear Biden and Harris or whoever of the Democratic hierarchy rail against white supremacy is more political than anything else. Uh, <clears throat> to borrow a phrase from Brother Ajamu Baraka, uh, we've heard it. Uh, he just reminded me of it the other day. He talked about the United States as the number one violator of human rights, in fact, uh, around the world internationally. Uh, the worst enemy of people around the world, people of color, black folk, throughout the diaspora and their legitimate aspiration for freedom and self-determination. But I like uh, a concept that Barack put forth. He talked about the Biden administration and its attempt to reestablish the Atlanticist relationship, particularly uh, NATO. And uh, we can put it another way as it relates to the real white supremacists. This is indeed the collective white supremacist base. Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C., I'm quoting Malcolm now, with his domestic base in Paris and London and Washington, D.C. Hmm. You know, Malcolm told us, he said, the power structure is worldwide. And what he was describing was what Barack was talking about the other day when I was listening to him. He gave me a new phrase, the Atlanticist uh, base, the collective Atlanticist relationship, U.S., NATO, and their ongoing desire to suppress, colonize people around the world. This has been a centuries-old situation, a relationship that they've tried to maintain. Mm -hmm. Who are the white supremacists? And the definition is very narrow. It's this old fool running around with horns, you know, who's obstacle ingest nothing but vegetables who has become the symbol of this high priest of this QAnon sickness. Hmm. If you want to heal the black community, as Gullah Jack says, it starts with self-mastery. Mastery itself, knowledge itself, doing for self, and putting what we know into practical use. This has been another episode of the African Liberation Media. You can always get all of our episodes on our website, AfricanLiberationMedia.com. If you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, please subscribe to our show. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and make sure you hit the notification bell to get alerted whenever we upload a video. We're going to be uploading more videos coming soon. And we're also going to be going live uh, on Facebook and YouTube coming soon. Until next time, a BB48. BB48. Power or the lack of power. I want to repeat this. Power or the lack of power. If your education in this institution is not about gaining real power, not jobs, because your jobs do not represent power. Not getting elected, that does not represent power either. Uh, buying your houses and fine clothes does not represent power. Uh, if it is not about real power, you are being miseducated and misled, and you will die educated and misled. 
If your study of black history is merely an exercise in feeling good about yourself, then you will die feeling good. The study of history then must be more than the pumping up of your self-esteem and the pumping up of your pride. Those things are important, but ultimately those things are not the means by which we will save ourselves as people in this world.